Hello, Guardians. My name's Danfinity, and welcome to Destiny Digest. This week on the show, we have Star from D2 Clarity. They help out with D2 Foundry, as well as Dim and several other services around the Destiny community. Really insightful conversation. So worth a listen after the jump. I just wanted to say thank you guys so, so much for uh, listening to the show, for sharing the show with your friends. Uh, Remember that you can rate and review on your podcast platform of choice. And if this is worth anything to you um, and you want to help keep the lights on a couple bucks a month, head on over to coffee.com forward slash Danfinity. That is ko-fi.com forward slash Danfinity. All the links are in the show notes. Once again, just thankful that you're here. Without any further ado, enjoy this conversation with Star. Star, welcome to the show thank you so much for for hopping in with me uh this afternoon how's your day going afternoon, technically. yeah it's going great mostly just prepared a bit for this just going through what we're going to talk about and my thoughts mm-hmm. and a few topics that i wanted to lay out before i give my opinion in a way that's gonna be even dumber than i would otherwise <laughs> so that's usually that's been my day basically yeah, thankfully I'm at home today entirely. So just had a bit of time to reflect and just enjoy myself. Heck yeah, heck yeah! This is your first show, right? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, Zero welcome. Zero experience. Glad to have you. Yeah. I hope I hope to make you feel welcome. <laughs> welcome in this space. Uh, if you're, I do feel welcome already. Good, good, good. good it's great. Man. All right. So, uh, what got you into Destiny? Well, basically my friend, like two years ago, basically. So why am I saying basically so much? I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, that's really what happened. He broke the golden rule of Destiny 2 players, which is to not get your friends into playing the game. <laughs> Unfortunately, he did. And then he quit. So now I'm stuck. And that's, <laughs> that's quite unfortunate. <laughs> so that's where we're, where we're at. And yeah. that's really it. Then I just stuck around because the gameplay was fun and there's a lot of good people in the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people seem to discredit for some reason just based on the bad people. Yeah. I don't know why. There's a lot of good. There's, there are a bunch of good folks in the community and like, th- thanks for sticking around because you've like contributed to, I think, some of like the better, like the bigger projects in Destiny 2 when it comes to weapons. Um, what's it like working with uh, Dim and D2 Foundry? It's nothing really complicated, really. We just really maintain a database, which has mm-hmm. all the info. And then the, con- uh, the collaboration side of it is mostly just, okay, here's the database. Here's what each of the fields does, each of the information is used for. Mm-hmm. So you just take this, you pair it with the API information you already have, and then you can easily display the data in whatever way you want. 
Mm-hmm. So for D2 Foundry, it's really just that. Because I'm really not that great at coding. I can do things. I can make pretty passable code, but I would not present present it in any way, which is mm-hmm. why I thankfully have eyes on the team with Clarity, where he mostly just does the code and I do mm-hmm. everything else. So I usually just have to maintain the data, which is generally updating it every week and whenever there's new information coming in. Mm-hmm. If I have time, of course. But that's really about it for the collaboration with Foundry, for example. But with them, there's also a different part of it, which is wholly my work, which is the character stat information, mm-hmm. where I manage to extrapolate how cooldown information works. So basically how it works is that in the game, you have your cooldowns tied to your stat tiers. So like tier 0, tier 3, tier 10 for every of your, every one of your abilities. And we figured out that it works in a way that it takes a tier 3 cooldown and then just multiplies the charging speed of it by whatever number is tied to your character's stat tier. So mm-hmm. I only need to have one cooldown input for each ability and then it automatically spits out everything else because everything in a category, for example, grenades, the ratio between each tier and the next is the same regardless of the ability. It's just the base cooldown that's different. Okay. And I probably lost like half of the people now, thankfully. <laughs> but but it's interesting. I, I swear it's interesting. Please take yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, But yeah, so basically it's just a lot of interesting things that we discover as we look at the data for all the cooldown information, then we can simplify it down. So mm-hmm. that makes it much easier for me to maintain. And that was a lot of fun to figure out for the scenario manager, for example. Mm-hmm. And the story behind that entire project for me is that I looked at the characters that tooltips and there's that one line at the end of uh, many of them, mm-hmm. which is stasis abilities charge slower than arc, solar, right. void, and and now strand. They added strand too, even though it's yeah. completely wrong. <laughs> so uh, I looked at that and I said well fuck that's not good I hate that why is it there so I basically just made an entire project out of spite because I was mad with the game <laughs> and now we have cool information in other apps like them now it's getting added to the armor picker which is mm-hmm. something I'm very excited about and it's was one of the main goals with it. Mm-hmm. So thankfully, it's now made it to the beta of it. Hopefully, it's going <laughs> to release sometime soon. Not yeah. sure. But yeah, that's really the gist of it. Spite is a very pow- powerful driver. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> it was just... <laughs> I always laugh about that because like, I started this year looking at mm-hmm. that. Uh, I went into them saying, okay, is, is there a reason that's there? They told me that's in the API. That's the description we get from the API, so we can't really do much about that. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's not great. And <laughs> now we're here. Half a year later, <laughs> it was added to DIM. I'm glad, but it's very odd. <laughs> um, There's so many fun stories here. 
It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of fun and a lot of suffering in the meantime, but it's just always worth it in the end. So what okay. So so that was just for abilities. Like what mm-hmm. is there a specific weapon that maybe drew some blood <laughs> from you Ooh, in, during this okay. project? Yeah? Not during this project, but the one thing that really pissed me off was fusion rifles before the zoom changes. Mm. Because their zoom worked in a way where I believe 15 zoom was their baseline. But that was, wasn't was 1.5x magnification. It was 1.3x. Mm-hmm. Because oh, okay. it just was lowered, so they don't have so much range in it when you're aiming down sights. They mm. don't get out of hand in PvP. But it didn't stop there because increasing the zoom by one, so like 16, that doesn't take it to 1.4x, for example. No, it takes it to 1.32x. It's like they just arbitrarily change the zoom up completely mm-hmm. without really any information on it. And then that didn't even apply to the magnification itself, really, at least not reliably. Mm-hmm. It's like you zoomed in more than you were actually getting range from it. And that was just very annoying. But thankfully, I never had to really do the damage full of testing much mm-hmm. in this community. It's usually It was usually handled by other people. So yeah. thankfully, that didn't really have to annoy me as much as the ability <laughs> info that we have. But really, so, that's about it for annoying weapons. Other yeah. ones usually are fine. Oh, right. There's one more. There, okay. there definitely is one more. But it's not really annoyance with the testing. It's just the yeah. annoyance of, with how it works, which is 900 RPM machine guns. Uh, I tried mm-hmm. reviewing them in PvP recently because, like, I did a review of the season 19 season of weapons, season 22 season of weapons. I somehow mm-hmm. went back in time three seasons for some reason. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I tried to find a PvP role for it. Right. So I went into PvP, tried to test it out, and I was noticing that the recoil is very weird. Mm-hmm. So I took it into par- private match to just try to figure out how it works. And lo and behold, the first 10 bullets, basically, or maybe 9, I don't know. But those just basically went in a circle around mm-hmm. where I was aiming. So it went left, then up, then right, in a very, very unreliable fashion, a very reliably bad fashion. Mm-hmm. So it was just completely unusable for anything you want in PvP. Because you hit the first shot, and then the rest of them just go around the enemy's head. And then you can control it again after those 10 shots, because then mm-hmm. it just chills out. And I don't know why they made it that way, but that instantly makes 900 RPM LMGs completely unusable for PvP. And then mm-hmm. I said, okay, you know what? That's actually pretty good, because I don't need to review it for PvP as much. And yeah. then I was happy, but it was <laughs> it takes something still up bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a dumb mechanic, but it is what it is. Yeah. What um what weapons do you enjoy using in Crucible like from your findings? Um really all of them, honestly. But okay. what I've been trying to use mainly recently was snipers. Mm-hmm. I've usually been a sniper main. But the thing about it is that for the last 
few months, I haven't been keeping up with my aiming skills really. So mm -hmm. I miss more often than I would like to admit, <laughs> despite being a very high end player. Yeah. So I, I hit the craziest shot, then I don't hit anything for three rounds in trials, and then I hit a crazy triple kill with my sniper and hand cannon, and uh, then I'm back to bad again. So I've been mm -hmm. trying to work on my consistency a bit, and that's why I'm really sticking to snipers, really. And then I've been use, trying to use more of them as much as I can. Mm -hmm. And other than that, I've been glued to the Neomuna hand cannon mm -hmm. around Robin. It's so fun, and we still have the seasonal artifact perk, which increases the damage of the rockets it launches. <sighs> I still need is, to get that crafted. <laughs> which is so enjoyable in PvP, when you can just two-tap a guardian, they survive because they have, I don't know, 10 resilience, so mm -hmm. kill clip doesn't kill them. But the rocket goes out, finds them, explode. It's so satisfying. Mm -hmm. I just really can't put that weapon down. But I recently did try Igneous Hammer as well. And that gun should probably be borderline illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know Why what is it that? is about that gun, but <laughs> it it does things that a hand cannon probably shouldn't be able to do. Okay. Like what, what it's kind of things? Way too easy to use. Okay. I, I, I don't understand it. <laughs> Like, I'm not even trying to hit people and I hit people in the head three mm -hmm. times in a row. Like, I like accidentally a kill people with it. Uh, maybe? I yeah. can't really figure it out because a magnetism is another topic that I really went deep into mm -hmm. because my friend basically pioneered that whole discussion before leaving. Mm -hmm. And what he did was he figured out how aim assist Accuracy, uh, radical friction, which is also part of Amos's, but that's a different story. All of that works from help from developers, like you have developer mm -hmm. contacts before leaving, of course, so mm -hmm. they could provide some insights on how things actually worked. So I made a whole document detailing all of that, and I really went deep into that because I had to make use of that information for my. <laughs> usual life of just being in destiny science and answering questions for people and helping creators and all that so mm -hmm. it really came in useful for that part of my quote-unquote job so yeah magnetism should not be the defining part of that but i don't know what is that gun just feels different it, it's just built different i don't know mm -hmm. it just pulled deterministic pulls. recoil probably but I okay. just don't know why it's that good <laughs> other than just the stats <laughs> being way too good so I I talked about this a little bit earlier like in our pre-show conversation mm -hmm. but like in the, when I was when I said like one of the questions I had come up for you for you was like what what is something that surprised you the most in your in your findings you said nothing really surprised you is it because every every weapon type kind of has its like something in print and you can kind of see what it's intended to do even before the perks 
come out. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like I said just before, mm-hmm. Ignis Summer is the one that kind of surprised me mm-hmm. in how it feels. But it kind of makes sense, but also doesn't. So yeah. It's not really surprising, just more baffling why it's that good. Why yeah. it's allowed to be that good, really. Yeah. So, is it like is it like head and shoulders above the rest? Or is it not are, quite because it's mm-hmm. other ones have more utility that Igneous does not really provide. Mm-hmm. So like for example, as I mentioned before, uh, Round Robin is mm-hmm. one that has the nanotech tracer rockets, which is extremely good for Watching up in 3v3, for example. Like you're one against three people, you get a kill, reload, kill clip, then attack chaser rockets is gonna basically guaranteed hit the next person you fire at. It's making it a lot easier to clean up three people when you're alone. Mm-hmm. Igneous doesn't really have that utility where you can snowball after a kill, but it has the consistency that other ones probably don't have. So -hmm. if you're in an ultra-competitive environment where people are at least your skill or above, you're probably not going to be able to capitalize on a kill because Mm -hmm. the chances are got you to like 10 HP when you're you're the same skill. Unless you caught them completely off guard and got a snipe in before or whatever. So usually in those environments where everything is perfectly fair, quote-unquote, at least, it's not that great to have kill-based perks like kill clip because people mm. know how long it lasts. They will, okay, they will just say in voice chat, okay, this guy got a kill, he has kill clip, wait five seconds before pushing in. And yeah. then they regroup and they just push on you. So you need to regroup as well. You can't really take advantage of kills unless everyone is out of position. And mm-hmm. it's usually not how it goes unless you're playing solo trials like I usually do. So for those situations, Igneous is probably going to be head and shoulders above all Wanton is, because it just has that consistency where you barely even need to control the weapon, and it's going to give you headshots for essentially free. Mm-hmm. So going into the community aspect of it, mm-hmm. when you're doing research, are you finding that it is inspired more about from community conversation or do you have do you f- often find yourself playing with something and being like oh this needs looked at um mostly the former okay because research in my case is generally more uh in the theoretical part of mm-hmm. it i don't really have the energy and time to invest into testing it myself because they do take a lot of time up that mm-hmm. I could be spending on helping other creators like fact-checking scripts, which I've been doing, uh, just answering questions in our, our Q&A channel, in our Discord server, or just engaging on Twitter, helping people out with whatever questions they send our way. Mm-hmm. So like, I have a lot of these other I would say obligations almost that are voluntary on my end that I would probably be better off spending my time on them instead of testing things myself. But there Mm -hmm. are a lot of things that I look at. Okay, this probably needs testing. If I have the weapons for it 
or I have everything I need for it, I might go test it myself because I can't really think of other people that would be capable of testing it to the same mm. level of reliability that I could. So it's really just a balancing act of how things go. And I usually don't come up with work for myself because I already have way too much. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like keeping your keeping your ear to the ground, seeing what yeah. people are talking about. And then absolutely going from there. Um like I even made a list of things that I am doing, which mm-hmm. is one, scrubbing on through patch notes and twelves and unfortunately memorizing a lot of them and where they are and when they happened and what <laughs> was in them. It's not intentional, but I look at yeah. them way too much, so I they just stick in my head so I can tell people, okay, so airborne effectiveness was announced in April twenty first, twenty twenty two. I think yeah, somewhere there. And then they, there was a follow-up at May 5th, 2022. And there was a Q&A in June 10th, 2022, <laughs> which has a lot of information, like how mm-hmm. uh, the ritual weapon stat, ritual weapon perk pool's role. So like, what are the chances of getting two perks in a column or whatever? Like all of these things that I have unintentionally memorized come in really mm-hmm. handy when I'm looking for things. Like people ask me, didn't this get changed at some point? And then I, oh yeah, that probably did at some point between this and this patch, mm-hmm. somewhere there, and then I can search for it and I can find it. So it's it's almost like when you're when you're doing research for weapons and armor and everything, it's almost like being a historian almost. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. It's it, that's and, your yeah, that's your side hustle. That's that's the <laughs> okay. first one of the... How much did I write down? Like nine? Okay, cool. <laughs> Frequenting <laughs> dev interviews and taking notes that could be useful. Mm-hmm. So, for example, some dev said, okay, this weapon has this degree of accuracy cones. Write it down. Take a note of it. Uh, save where it came from. So, like, that's the massive breakdowns interview X and mm-hmm. at this timestamp. And that's where it was. And then occasionally doing perk testing, of course, when I have the time and energy, come up with refreshing tests or coming up with and refining testing methodologies. So for example, what I was working on with my friend before he quit was how you can do damage testing, mm-hmm. which is a very involved process, actually. And it was a very refreshing new take on how it goes. I can actually, I think, go over that if you're sure. interested. Absolutely. Because what happened was damage fall off testing started in a way where, okay, people uh, take out Darcy and shoot at mm-hmm. their uh, teammates in a crucible private lobby. Yeah. And see, okay, at this distance, damage drops from 19 to 18. So that's probably where damage fall off starts. But the problem with that is that Darcy can only measure in units of one meter. Which means oh, that so you can't our break precision down. is very bad. Yeah. And then there came a new invention. This was way before my time. Like new discovery that you can actually use pikes because they have a waypoint above them that tells you how far they are. And the advantage of pikes is that you're in PVE. So the damage numbers are going to be much higher. So you can tell mm-hmm. easier when it starts kicking in, when your damage starts dropping. So that was the second part that came in. 
And then third part was getting guns with range masterworks that you can just uh, jump up when in units of one. So you can get close to that one meter mark much mm -hmm. easier. So you can be more accurate when it starts. And then you can just extrapolate that to how it maps to range to the range stat. And then the one we, we worked on with my friend was the one where we took pikes still in PvE. Mm -hmm. But what we did was actually not discover where the damage fall off starts, but instead go beyond it and test the slope of the damage fall off because we know it's linear. So right. it goes from like 1000 damage to 500 damage at over a certain distance. In that distance, but, but we can, okay, let me just restart that sentence. <laughs> Within that distance from, let's say, 20 to 30 meters, where the damage mm -hmm. fall off happens before it bottoms out, we can just take multiple measurements at perfectly one meter units, and then we can calculate the slope of it. And from that slope, because we basically only measure that even one meters in one meter distances, those measurements are generally pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. And using those, we can, using the slope, we can calculate where damage fall off starts and also where it ends. So that's what we've been using now uh, for the better part of a year to mm -hmm. calculate how damage fall off works. And it was such a refreshing discovery that yeah. people really didn't think about just, okay, it's, it's linear, we know that. You can just measure the start and the end. But, of course, you need to account for that lack of precision with the measurements. So we, need, we, need to, we needed a method that would increase the precision, and this did that. And thankfully, it worked out phenomenally. Yeah, that's awesome. Is, um, we're, uh, we're in a space where we just got patch notes yesterday. And I'm sure, like, when it comes to, <laughs> like, huge mid-season passes, you probably have a lot on your plate. Um, mm, not really. Not really? Okay. Not, not this time. More, what? For this one, it's mostly just looking through them. Okay, yeah, we know that. Uh, mm -hmm. Not a whole lot changed that affects me, mm -hmm. specifically. Because a lot of it is abilities that we haven't really covered yet. A lot of the other ones are already being tested by other people. So that's not really my responsibility in that way. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of stuff that only affects uh, activities. So like how they, those work. Right. So those are also things that I don't really have to worry about at all. So for this one, it was really just the exotic armor changes. And that's really about it, thankfully. Yeah. But right, well. the problem there is that yeah. they accidentally updated quite a few tooltips for them. So, for example, Stompies oh. apparently grants uh, damage resistance while air airborne, which it does not. So, these are, like, they probably messed up and uh, merged the Season 23 tooltips into the mid-season patch oh, without okay. actually bringing in the changes. Mm -hmm. So now we have a lot of information of what is going to happen. Yeah. And we discovered it because of uh, Syntheseps, which uh, had the tooltip that was meant to be the Season 23 info mm -hmm. for it. 
but it apparently did not get changed at all. So we can reasonably guess that the other ones didn't get changed either. I don't mm-hmm. quite know, but like when Bungie messes up, it makes it a lot better well, yeah. for me. Because then, okay, what was the deal here? You just yeah. made something that's not the case, but mm-hmm. huh? <laughs> like one example of this was when they introduced Cenotaph Mask, mm. which had a very inaccurate description. And then we made a whole th- Twitter thread about Twitter thread about it, saying, "Okay, this is how it actually works. This is completely wrong. Not sure why it's even written that way. Mm. Probably forgot to change the tooltip after a change to it in the backend." We don't know what happened, but mm-hmm. yeah, like the only really p- problematic things that happen with these balancing sweeps is when they say flat out wrong things, and mm-hmm. then you don't really know what to do with it. So you need to test way more than you would otherwise if it was correct, because you just mm-hmm. can't trust what they said now. So you can need to verify everything about it. That's really the only really problematic problematic thing um but yeah when are there any weapons from this season or this even this event uh festival lost that you're looking f- that that you've enjoyed using in your testing or in festival loss case like that you've been looking forward to and nothing in particular, really. Mm-hmm. Like Festival of the Lost is something I haven't really been able to try out yet. I haven't had the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, it just came out yesterday. Uh, so. <laughs> so yeah, yeah so yeah, that's yeah. a bit <laughs> unideal. Mm-hmm. But I am trying to get a macabre mm-hmm. or macabre if I want to make the British and French a bit more. <laughs> Uh, satisfied by this entire thing. It's macabre. It's always been macabre. It always will be. I think Ascendant Nomad would have a f- quite a few words to <laughs> say to you about that one. I'll, mess- <laughs> I'll message him later. I'll message him <laughs> later about it. I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to get finally a decent uh, aggressive frame sniper for PvP. Mm-hmm. For PvP, aggressive frame snipers are called succession and that's the end of the story yeah so like there's not a whole lot to look forward to in my opinion the Mm -hmm. new gl is cool but yeah like there's nothing really to write home about about it it's really just reskinned regnant it suffers from like I, I think Ascendant Nomad, I haven't watched his video yet on this, and I probably should have in preparation for this um, interview. But it does feel like a lot of the weapons, this has been community sentiment for a while now, too. Um, they don't matter. It, well, it just, it's, you can use whatever for anything yeah, and get the too. job done. I think that that's, um, when I you're have focusing. I watched the video. And I thought it was pretty great. Yes. Things about it were things I would 
was thinking for many years. A lot of things mm -hmm. I don't necessarily agree with. It felt like more apathy about the game state itself and how mm -hmm. difficult it is to make content for it nowadays. Mm -hmm. There's not a whole lot of new things. So you either just lean into the clickbait and mm -hmm. try to say things that aren't necessarily the way that they are, yeah. at least in a thumbnail or whatever. So people are generally jaded by it because that's what happens every time. Yeah. We're like, in that back half of the season. That too, and the third season of the year as well. Like yeah. it's not a great time <laughs> to be a Destiny player and Destiny content creator. Yeah, mm -hmm. There's still a lot of interesting stuff, but mm -hmm. innovation is a bit lacking. So like seasonal story mm -hmm. and seasonal progression got pretty decent this time around mm -hmm. like they are innovating on on that part and they are making changes bringing up exotics to a better level to be viable in more places mm -hmm. but like that innovation is unfortunately limited to certain areas of the game and the other ones just fall further and further behind until until they can get a new update fresh coat of paint or whatever mm -hmm. and meanwhile gambit is just dying on the side of the road yeah. Even though I quite enjoy it. <laughs> it's it's weird. Yeah. There's just not enough resources to go around at Bungie or alongside all of the other things they are trying to do. Yeah. So you just I, have to deal with it. I also think that like this was brought up in my chat probably like last week. Uh, and somebody was like, oh, it feels like it's a veteran problem. <laughs> like when you have, we ha we have so many tools at our disposal at our disposal, and so many consistent tools now, or consistent roles now with crafting, that like, it is. If you've if you've invested a lot of time in the game, you're going to have favorites in slot, or favorites mm -hmm. in subfamily, that you're just not really rewarded. To change out from. Yeah, that's definitely a part of it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, I don't think it's a veteran problem as much as just a lot of good enough mm -hmm. items in the game already. Because what I did was, as I said, I started in 2021. Yeah. But, but the thing is, last year, like winter 2022, I actually started a new account. Yeah. So like I had a fully fresh start because I already mm -hmm. beat the game. Essentially, there's nothing really to grind for for me. So I started fresh, grinded through all of the uh, Wish Queen seasons so I could have everything crafted, uh, mm -hmm. grinded a lot of Deepstone Crypt so I could get those guns, except for the hand cannon because that does not exist. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm still at one out of five on that. And actually, same for the last wish hand cannon. That's the only one I'm missing right now. Still one out of five. Thank you, Bungie. Very cool. But <laughs> yeah, it's not really a veteran problem, but like more of a if you know what's good and how you can get what's good, mm -hmm. then you can get those on pretty short order. Yeah. So like I spent maybe 200, 300 hours on that account in mm -hmm. a few months and I was 
completely endgame ready. There was nothing great for me to grind for other than just getting exotics again and all of yeah. that stuff. There was just nothing there to incentivize me to grind for anything really. There were interesting things like Apex Predator that came mm-hmm. out with last fish refresh. That was a great weapon, still the best rocket launcher in the entire game for PvE, the boss damage. So that was something that I could grind for in happily because it, it's just that good. But then that just says power creep. Mm-hmm. If they want to make me grind for something that introduces power creep and that makes new other things of the same archetype even less appealing to anyone. Because when are you going to beat a rocket launcher that has both bipod, bait and switch, reconstruction, and whatever else? That's also solar. When you have, well, using it so harmonic, everything works on it. So there's just not a whole lot that can beat that. So mm-hmm. unless you're going for feel, which is completely valid in my opinion, yeah. then you don't have much of an incentive to grind for really anything that's not out of bound. Mm-hmm. If the weapon is not overpowered, then you don't need it because you already have other weapons in the same slot that right. are overpowered. So <laughs> you don't yeah. need it. Weapon feel is something too that like is like f- for me personally, it is very important when I'm using when I'm using something. I'm way more likely uh I'm I'm looking at dim right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm I'm way more likely um to use like a death adder over Ikelos right now. Just because the the way way it feels different the Ikelos notable like for me the only the like best way that i can describe it is it it does the job that a death adder does Mm -hmm. but like it feels orbier like or like (laughs) you know what i mean like it feels feels more round if it like it, it feels it feels like um like you're squeezing it out of the weapon rather than it just kind of flowing yeah, I I can see that actually. Yeah, yeah. I think what sold and the Aikido's SMG for me was beating frenzy. Actually, mm-hmm. that made it so much better to use. And then feeding feeding frenzy with wall shot was just fun. And mm-hmm. Sarah Franz makes it more viable, so I just used it. Death yeah. Adder for me felt floaty. Yeah, like it's. The signature lightweight SMG feel, but it's mm-hmm. worse okay. in basically every category. <laughs> so I never really kept it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I swear to God, it's just funnel web, but much worse in yeah, every, yeah. every every part. <laughs> it it definitely feels like funnel web too. I also like funnel web, but <laughs> yeah, funnel web feels great because it has a sense to back up its performance. But mm-hmm. that other just doesn't have the perks or the stats. Yeah. If it feels and, great, it it's great, but I just won't really use it because it's just that that way. I understand the floaty feel. Like it it does, and I think maybe that's part of why I enjoy it. I don't I don't know. Fair enough. Yeah. Um fair enough. If you like it, it's good. Yeah. That's, that's it. I mean, it's not good, but it's good for you. 
<laughs> Just had to clarify that part. No, no, no. It's not going to be good ever. It, but, yeah, but and thank you for clarifying. It's a weapon. <laughs> it, oh, it shoots man. bullets. It's, that it's, part it's, is, it's fine. It's usable. <laughs> yeah, can, you can definitely kill a red bar drag. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you that one. <laughs> Uh, uh, but that then that also goes into the thing of like everything's kind of the same. <laughs> it's, it's like it sure. does, yeah. <laughs> sure, but also Kalis Minitova. So do you have a counter for that one? Uh, no, I mean, look, Kalis Minitova is probably the better option out of the two, just because you can craft it. Also, the Ikelos is probably the better option out of out of the the two between the Death Adder and the Ikelos, just because you can craft it. <laughs> And so, I mean, the Kalis Minato is really just do you like the feel of Death Adder or do you like the feel of exploding an entire room because of incandescence? I mean, that's very true. You can do that. Like, it does become a little mini risk runner at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all I had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just looking at my vault right now, like, there are a few weapons here that I refuse to use based on feel. Mm -hmm. One of them was Tiku's Divination. Okay. That was before the buff to the velocity of the arrows. So now mm -hmm. it should feel pretty decent. But I think that applies to more lightweight bows in general. Mm -hmm. Like the non-tactile feel of the drawing of the string. So mm -hmm. for a precision bow, I think, I'm not sure if that's recurve or whatever it's called. I don't know bow terminology. But I think it is. the precision bows, when you pull them back, when you're full, it's fully drawn, they just have a tactile feel, on at least mm -hmm. on the screen, not on, not on my like mouse, a weight. of course. And you just see it when it's fully drawn. For lightweights, mm -hmm. it's really just, you draw it, and nothing happens. It's just fully drawn. I yeah. don't like that. <laughs> it's good. It, it's very passable. Deco's mm -hmm. Divination is one of the best weapons for PvE at clear. And even decent damage as well. But like, yeah. it's just another one of those floaty guns where you don't really have a lot of feedback from the weapon itself. Mm -hmm. It just, you draw it, it happens. It's drawn. That's all. And then you just go on with your merry way. Yeah. It's with odd. With final shape around the corner. And we're getting a couple of new um, weapon types in mm -hmm. that. Are you excited about the possibilities for the loot pool post-final shape? Um, no. Okay. Just, no. <laughs> I'm <laughs> okay. looking forward to trying the new guns and mm -hmm. new archetypes. But the thing with that is it's really a complicated issue. Okay. Because to make me excited about loot, it first kind of has to be good. Mm -hmm. And they did not really deliver on that part with the Warden's Law, for example. Like, it's a great weapon for when you're trying to use it with Lucky Pants. It's the best DPS hand cannon, but that's one use case. For PvP, mm -hmm. it feels just worse than every other hand cannon. It doesn't have the range because of the recoil. Like the two burst nature is just not really cut out for 
PvP hand cannon when you can just use Igneous Hammer or mm-hmm. True Prophecy even, even though it's like, what, three, four years old? Yeah. Maybe even five. Not even sure at this point, but there's a lot going on here that is great, but it just does not really compete outside of a few niche use cases, which is mm-hmm. completely fine by me, honestly. But it's not going to be something that I'm going to be particularly excited about. So, for example, I have right now six Adaptive Warden slows in my vault. Two of them are just for infusion. The other four are great rolls, but I didn't get them because I was farming for them. I was farming for Ascendant Shards. Mm-hmm. So it's more like a byproduct that I'm going to be playing something anyway, and then I might as well get the weapon from there. If it's good, yeah. I'm keeping it. If it's not a good roll, then I'm not keeping it. It's really that simple for that part of the loot chest for me. I'm generally more utilitarian with all of this. If it has a use for me, great, keeping it. If it doesn't have a use for me, I'm not gonna keep it unless it's a very good roll. And then it might get buffed in the future and it has a use at that point. I'm not entirely sure. I'm more like just safekeeping for future use cases and not really grinding for it unless it's like best in slot or whatever. Mm -hmm. So in conclusion, (laughs) I'm not very interested in the final shape weapons. I'm interested in trying them out. I'm not very interested in grinding for them unless they are that good and that's something that we'll have to wait and see really. yeah, yeah well what about you i think i think i'm excited more story-wise for final shape than i am really the weapons i think the abilities like the how the abilities are going to change mm. will be interesting as well yeah, for I sure, th- especially the new supers aspects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look cool. I think I, it's tough to know how I, I feel like there is a or should be um an expectation of like if they're pushing things as hard as they want to with those supers mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's tough i think as as bungie because you have to constantly one-up yourself while also yeah. keeping everything in line and which they aren't doing really <laughs> yeah I, I think in some aspects they're trying i think when it comes to checkmate i haven't played the mode myself yet but i've heard people talking about like how that feels and how um mm-hmm. I guess that's probably the more balanced of the PvP sandboxes right now. I can definitely give my opinion on that as well. Like I've Yeah. As what do you I think? said, I'm pretty high on PvP players, so mm-hmm. that's my perspective on a lot of things. Checkmate is really just a good start. Mm-hmm. The things I really enjoy about them and what a lot of other high end PvP players are enjoying is that the Ability spam is much less. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of a throwback to the 30th anniversary patch 
where mm-hmm. we had a lot of the ability cooldowns readjusted, a lot of the mechanics for how abilities work were overhauled. So mm-hmm. that part of the sandbox or that timeline in the sandbox was something that a lot of us just really liked as a baseline for what the crucible should be. Right. And then the intention for that was that okay, abilities are a bit prevalent bit too prevalent. So we need to cut back on that. Mm-hmm. We want to f- shift away from the ability spam to more meaningful, uh, rarer abilities. Mm-hmm. Problem with that was that that kind of succeeded. We have more meaningful abilities, but as we went into the Nightfall saga of the game, we are back again to ability spam because of all of the 3.0 subclasses, right? Uh, all the new exotics that were introduced and all the old exotics that gained more popularity mm-hmm. alongside the 3.0 subclasses. So those kind of allowed us to have more meaningful abilities, but at essentially the same cooldowns as we had before. Mm-hmm. And Checkmate kind of addresses that in a much better way than other sandboxes have. Mm-hmm. Very just Global Souls slows everything down. The weapon TTKs have been readjusted a bit as well. So that's really great. Mm-hmm. I think there's still a lot of work to be done. For example, bows are still not okay in PvP right now. Right. You're, if you use them, good on you. I'm gonna hate it, but <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's yeah. alright. I've used bows as well. They are fun. If you can make them work, if you can't, they are much less fun. Yeah. So there's just a lot of moving parts there with Checkmate. And the one thing I really like that Bungie has been doing is that they are iterating on it and Mm -hmm. they are doing it fast. So the Crucible Strike Team or PvP Strike Team, whatever it's called. Yeah. They've been just killing it. Yeah. Okay. We've seen this feedback. One or two weeks later, okay, feedback addressed. Let's try this again. Then try this again and again and again and again. And it's going to be getting better and better and better as long as they gather more feedback. And that part was the one that was actually reassuring for me that, okay, they actually are committing to this, not just mm-hmm. before where we make a statement, we address a lot of the burning issues, put out the fires. But we haven't really accounted for all of the other teams working on abilities, armor, and whatever, Mm -hmm. where those are just going to power creep what we just made good. So if they can keep that together, where they keep up the communication between the teams, that, okay, this needs to be looked at, and this needs to be readjusted. If the communication is there between the teams, like weapons, abilities, armor, and sandbox, other parts of the sandbox, then I think there's a lot of potential for Checkmate and the Crucible in general, which Mm -hmm. is something I would really like to see. Heck yeah. Well, so last question before we wrap it up here. If somebody were looking to get into the Destiny science community, as it were, what would their first steps be, in your opinion? I think, ideally, they should 
try to question their beliefs about things that may not be may not necessarily be rooted in fact. So for okay. example, one of the best examples I have for this is like the obsession a lot of PvP players have with accuracy. Mm-hmm. Which is really not that big of an issue. Please stop recommending accuracy on everything. I swear to God, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's gotten to the point where everyone and their mother is recommending accuracy boosting, boosting perks for sniper rifles when their mm. accuracy cone is like the size of a needle. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of things that we have uh, ideas that we have that, okay, this thing is good on this weapon, so it must be good on the other weapons. Right. There's a lot of people that just don't really ask the question of why this might be good on this weapon. Mm-hmm. So that's one part of it. Other part of it for getting into Destiny Science is really just joining a Discord server, which yeah. is called the Destiny Massive Breakdowns Discord server. Yep. Fans of the show. Which is where basically all of the Destiny Science nerds hang out. We have a Destiny Science Science Discussion channel where everything goes, science forum, forum for all of the more niche uh, topics, like there's a topic for glaives, there's one for fusion rifles, Mm -hmm. there's multiple ones for boss damage and DPS, there's one for ability regen. There's just a lot of topics here in more organized fashion that you can look through, dig through, and just appreciate it for what it is. And most of the people here are more than happy to answer questions because really just want to educate people if they want to learn. If they yeah. aren't willing to learn and just continue spouting bullshit, as mm. a lot of people unfortunately do, then there's not really a whole lot we can do about it. Like, for example, one of the things that I've been doing is making Twitter threads or X threads if for some godforsaken reason, people want to use that name for it. Uh, so like those threads were explaining, for example, how ability regen works or how certain exotics or how this mechanic and that mechanic works and some down-down version of whatever. Mm-hmm. So people can, of course, follow us on Twitter. We do a lot of science content there. But just, I don't know why people have this idea that if they've heard something from a, rep- a good player, mm-hmm. that must be true. Yeah. Because we all they interact with people that have been playing the game for thousands upon thousands of hours. Right. Been playing since the beta of Destiny 1. It's not really experience that makes you knowledgeable of the ge- about the game. It's really wanting to learn more about it. There are mm-hmm. many people who have never stepped into a raid and have 5,000 hours in the game. Yeah, There are many people that know basically nothing about the PvP side of the game, but have three-man raid clears and flawless everything. Like There are a lot of people that are experts in certain fields, but don't really have the knowledge behind everything other than just their experience and that, okay, this works for me. I have mm-hmm. an idea why it works. Might not be true, but it works for me. So right. those ideas are kind of what's hurting us right now. Gotcha. And if a creator wants to 
learn more about Destiny Science, hit us up in DMs, whatever. We do script reviews for free and everything really just want to help people be more aware of what's actually happening happening in the game that's causing their experiences. It's like those things are what we really specialize in. That we just explain how things work and then we can explain how that causes other things and mm-hmm. then just everything the trickle down effect on each other. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's just well, a lot of enjoyable stuff. People want to reach out. Please do. Don't hesitate. <laughs> I'm swamped with stuff, but I love to teach people about interesting things. That leads perfectly into uh, our the end of the show here. So, Star, where can people find you on the internet? Well, we have a Discord server uh, that you can probably just find through our website, which is d2clarity.com, which is d2clarity.com. And we have all of our social links there. We do a lot of stuff on Twitter. Uh, Usually our breakdowns of things and our weapon reviews and all of that is going to go to our website nowadays because Twitter is collapsing on itself. Uh, (laughs) But if you really want to reach out easily, then we have a Discord server that you can also find on our website. And we have a Q&A channel there. We keep people updated there. It's usually where you can find us. And of course, Destiny Massive Breakdowns a server is an excellent way to get into the Destiny Science community and just interact with me or other scientists in around here. And that's really about it. Heck yeah. Sir, thank you so much for being on the show. It was How do you feel? It was so fun. <laughs> I'm still anxious. Social anxiety is freaking killing me, but yeah. it was great. My name is Danfinity. You can find me on Twitter and the Instagram and the TikTok at DanfinityGG. You can also find me on Twitch three days a week, twitch.tv forward slash Danfinity, helping guardians out with in-game activities in Destiny 2. If you'd like to join a welcoming and giving community within the Destiny community, head on over to discord.gg forward slash Danfinity. That's where we have a lot of conversations. As always, the links are in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you find what you're grinding for.